All right, hey. all you sauciers, you sous chefs, you bakers, and uh, candy cane makers, it's another episode of What's Cooking. I'm Marty. And I'm Jonathan. And this is the show where uh, we're in the kitchen all the time right now. Uh, Jonathan, what's what's cooking right now? Man, so I just got done watching the sexiest show on television. Mm. And that is a great British baking bake show. Off. Yeah, yeah. You can't say Bake Off because that is owned by Pillsbury. Sorry, but that's what I call it when I watch it. Well, as, well, that's it's, what it's called in it's in the, London. It's the Bake Off. Yeah. and Take Off. You gotta you gotta, gotta strip yeah. down, listen to the soothing tones of Paul and Mary, and uh, Sue oh, and Mel. Sue, yeah. I, I didn't want to say. Well, I, I'm I'm not too excited about the the new season. Mm-mm. It's just going to be Paul Hollywood and then new people that I have to get in tune with, which is fine because, yeah. like, as long as it's more than just one season. But I also know the BBC has been screwing up with everything, so like adding, oh yeah, like Matt LeBlanc to Top Gear. But anyway, that, I'm, that's here nor there. No, oh no, why did you put that in my head? Sorry, it's a thing. I don't. Yeah. No, anyway, I mean I know that yeah. happened, but I don't. I don't need to think about that level of no. screw up for my British baking show. Yeah. But anyway, we decided uh, at my house to start doing jams and jellies. Mm. So I, we're good. excited about that. We've bought the jars. We've bought the mm-hmm. fruit. We have the sugar, and now it's just not being so lazy and actually yeah. producing it. Do you have the wide mouth funnels? No. That's going to be a problem, isn't it? Yeah, we've it? got one you can borrow. Okay, they're, cool. they're very useful. Uh, we used it to make pesto okay. the other day. Uh, you just throw all the ingredients in a food processor, and then uh, we wanted to keep it in jars. We have a lot of jars. Uh, Amy's dad likes to make jams out of the stuff in his garden. So nice. That's we occasionally get shipments of six months worth of strawberry jam uh, and, and various other things. He makes a lot of good stuff, but it lasts us a while. And right. then we have so many jars. Yeah, so many jars. So um, we wanted to put this pesto in there. Amy had the wide mouth funnel right in there. No mess. Uh, stainless steel. Very nice. nice. You can borrow cool. it. All right, cool. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, let's see. We've been uh, very much into uh, fries and salads right now. So n- not French fries, but uh, stir fries, vegetable fries. Yeah, that, uh, that's a huge difference. It is arena. a huge difference. Yeah. yeah. Uh, especially making them at home. Uh, I don't. Do uh, you have a wok? Uh, we we do have a walk, although um, longtime listeners will remember that we no longer have a fryer in the house. Right. Uh, the smell of mushroom, uh, I would say, is finally gone. That's good. But uh, we're still kind of off of actual deep frying. Right. Um, but we've been making lots of salads, usually with some fried stuff on top. So, uh, you know, get some onions going, which is all it takes to make the house smell amazing. Yeah. Uh, then garlic and then just whatever we've got from the farmer's market. You know, it's the right season. It's really good stuff. Dump that on top of arugula and it's a meal. There you go. Yeah. Uh, well, let's talk about what we're cooking right this very minute. Right this very minute, we are cooking up a storm of wonderful ideas that we're going to get to sort of bat back and forth mm. with a uh, a bread chef. That's right. We have a, a, a local Baltimore baker who will be joining us to uh, actually try to get something made yeah. during this episode. We're going to try it. All right. Uh, well, unless there's anything else. No, let's get to it. Okay, let's get in there. We'll be right back. <laughs> 
Hi, everyone. I'm Jessica Hinken. I'm Laura Wexler, and we're the hosts of the Stoop Storytelling Series podcast. We are a podcast in which you can hear true personal stories that are sad, happy, funny, itchy. There's no itchy stories. Why did you say sad twice? Because we gravitate towards sadness. That's not true. It's very fun. You can download us on stoopstorytelling.com or iTunes, and you can also find us at the Peak Sloth Podcast Network. Thanks for listening. All right, everybody. Hello. Uh, We've been busy at work, Mm -hmm. and it's time to get more busy. Uh, But it's it's a good time, I think, to take a break and, and podcast about what we've been doing. Yes. Along with our special guest, David Lustig. David, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you guys doing? Doing great. Doing really yeah. well. Uh, I got to say, I'm very excited for uh, this creation mm-hmm. that we're making. We just took it out of the fridge here, and uh, we're going to let it, um, I guess, s- slump before we start shaping. Uh, can, can you tell us, what, what, what's up? What are we making here? Um, you're making bread. Yes. Okay, that's, that's a, a start. That's a start yeah. <laughs> I assume I'm not a hundred percent sure. I didn't see the first half of this, uh, but yeah, we uh, well, we took one of your recipes mm-hmm. and uh, we kind of did our best uh, before you got here. Maybe that was the wrong time. Yeah, uh, we should have done <laughs> all of the mixing and things while you were here to uh, to guide us. Uh, but um, this is, I think, Jonathan, was this the one of the sourdoughs? Yes, one of the sourdoughs. Okay. Ah, okay. So you're, uh, if, it, if it just came out of the fridge, then it's probably about time to shape it. How long was it in the fridge for? Uh, 25 minutes. 25 minutes. It probably could have gone a little longer, but it's not a big deal. Uh, we, we could throw it back in. We could in. throw it back in. Like, how long would be the proper amount of time in the fridge? Like, seven or eight hours. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. That's a, that's an, ex- yeah. I did say we should maybe probably have, like, a for camera off camera type situation yeah and right. i just got like i got really excited videos. about starting this i don't know if if you have this uh david but when i see all of the stuff just laid out ready to go like mm-hmm. ingredients are measured they're in those little bowls the mixer is there and it just calls to me and i just want to dive in and obviously that doesn't uh always translate into perfect food uh, I do this without reading the instructions sometimes. Yeah, that's step number one. <laughs> yeah, with, with bread, you really have to follow. You don't have to follow the instructions, but bread is a little less forgiving than mm. uh, than than other types of cooking. I mean, the old saying is cooking is an art and baking is a science. You really do generally have to make sure that you have the correct proportions and the timing right and everything like that, and it makes right. a, a big difference in your final product for sure. All right. Well, um Tell tell you what, I am going to take this uh, okay. out of the fridge, and I'm just going to take it over here, and uh, there we go, dump it in the trash. And, uh, <laughs> it's we're for just, the best. We're just going to start again, yeah, to make sure that uh, we're doing these things right. And um, I see you've got the, the, the things there, uh, all the ingredients laid out in front of you. Feel free to share any part of what you're doing, but also just to, to chat. Really, we're here to, uh, to learn about you and uh, your history with baking and uh, what you like about it. Well, uh, I mostly I like bread, to be honest. Mm. The, the baking kind of came from the fact that I wanted bread. Okay. And I didn't know of a good place around me when I was in college that made fresh bread. So I kind of started teaching myself how to bake. And uh, it there were definitely a, a few that went into the trash, much like yours. Mm. Uh, sometimes you just got to do it. You got to learn to cut your losses. 
Um, I imagine most of them don't go in the trash that early, like no. before baking. No, okay. generally they at least make it into the oven. Yeah, that's good. Yes, that's that's a good start. And uh, and I just kind of branched out from there. I I would say that about eighty percent of why I bake is to eat the bread. Okay, mm. about ten percent is uh, a creative outlet. Five percent is to smell the bread mm-hmm. as it's baking, yeah. and five percent is Facebook likes. Ah, yeah, so you mm-hmm. you also uh, share the pictures of the bread. So so part of it is getting other people to look at the bread. Yes, and then for some percentage of those to give you positive feedback that you did a good job. In general, I I thrive on the approval of of strangers, mm-hmm. and uh, and so or friends and family as well, but mostly strangers. Mm. Uh, and so sharing the bread as much as possible and being like, look at me, I'm doing a thing. So you started doing this in college? I did. W- was there reasons, like, it's cheaper to make your own bread? Is It's healthier to make your own bread? Or It's definitely cheaper in terms of uh, cost. It's definitely not cheaper in terms of time spent. Sure. Uh, healthier depends on how much you dislike preservatives and things like that in your mm. bread. Um, for me, it was really just I didn't know of any places around me that made good fresh bread and like different types of bread because it was a lot of like, yep, I've had a sourdough. Yep, I've had this French right. baguette, you know, and so I wanted to try other things. Yeah. Okay. Uh, now, I imagine cooking. Uh, were, you, were you in a dorm at the time? How I was not in a dorm at the like, time. Okay. okay. Uh, no, I, I had a that house. sounds like an extra challenge. <laughs> yeah. No, I cannot imagine. Uh, I baked cookies in my dorm once and that even that was difficult. <laughs> Uh, no, it was, it was a house. It was not a great house for sure. Mm. A uh, great kitchen, I should say. The, everything was a little. <laughs> the rest of the house, yeah, was the house was beautiful. Good. The house yeah. itself was was. It was a college student. Yeah, it's house. a college right. house. <laughs> um, the kitchen was adequate at the time. I don't think anybody in the house did much cooking because mm. it was four college dudes. Yeah, um, quesadillas. That was it was what, a lot. That was yep. what we could make in uh, in our house. A lot of butter. A lot of craft uh, shredded cheese. Mm. I had one roommate who I had to ban from the kitchen because he uh, he came home from work at about 1 a.m. He made himself a pot of spaghetti, and then he sat on the couch and ate it, and then he went to bed, and he left the strainer with the spaghetti in it on the sink. Oh, man. He left the pot on the stove. He, luckily, he turned the stove off. Okay, well, that's a... Okay, there's this yeah. gold star. He left the jar of, of sauce on the counter with the lid off. He left his bowl with some spaghetti still in it on the coffee table in wow. the living room. Like, he literally, he just cooked, ate, and went to sleep. <laughs> and, like, somehow managed to get all the way through eating, but without finishing any one step. Yes. Like, like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Each step, there was, like, something left over. <laughs> it's crazy to think that he had enough time and energy to wait for a pot of boiling water. Right. Like, that's, I think that that's a... If there's, you, there's something in that lizard brain, I think, that tells you, like, you shouldn't crunch on dry pasta. Right. You've got you to gotta at least but to, wait for it to, to get, get to that point, you still should be able to clean up after yourself. You would think. but Maybe, uh, that, maybe that used it up. But, uh, okay, so you, you've got most of these uh, dry ingredients done, it looks like, here. And, uh, you know, I'm, let's take a, a quick break for mixing, because I don't, I don't want to get all the mixing sounds in here, Jonathan, unless you think it's... That's fine. Let's just put it on. Okay. We'll, we'll turn it on. So at we'll this point, after we're done mixing it, uh, then we need to let it set, correct? Like, we let it... You're going to... Yeah, it's going to... You're going to want to let it rise okay. for, for a long time. Uh, with a sourdough, 
the flavor of the the sour flavor of the bread comes from these long rise times. Mm. The putting it in the fridge lets you let it rise for longer without it overproofing. Mm. Uh, it basically bread rising is when the yeast in the bread starts to create carbon dioxide, right. which is what makes the the dough bigger right. and eventually makes all the bubbles in the crust of or the crumb of the bread. Um, if you let your bread rise too long or in a situation a place that's too warm it will do what's called overproofing which is where basically uh the yeast creates so much carbon dioxide that the network of gluten within the flour mm. can't hold on to it anymore and basically your dough just turns into a big runny goopy mess what is the right temperature because i well, earlier we were talking about one of our favorite shows is the great british baking show obviously yeah and uh and so they have their own uh, proofing drawer. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I assume it's set at the right temperature. You don't usually see them putting it into a refrigerator or anything like that. It it definitely depends on the type of bread that you're making. Okay. Uh, like I said, uh, sourdoughs benefit from a longer rising time, mm-hmm. longer proof. Uh, basically, the longer it goes, the more fermentation happens and the more pronounced the sour flavor of the sourdough. Mm-hmm. So if you're baking something that is not a sourdough, you don't need it to be quite as long. And generally, rising time for a non-sourdough bread tends to be around 45 minutes to an hour and a half, somewhere in that vicinity, but it depends on the temperature. Uh, proofing drawers usually hang out around 70 degrees, okay. sometimes a little less, sometimes a little more, depending on your timing. I imagine for the purposes of the show... They probably are trying to get things done a little quicker. Yeah. So they'll have the proofing drawer turned up a tiny bit because okay. heat makes right. it yeah. rise faster. So if you put it in the fridge, you can let it rise longer without the risk, with less of a risk of overproofing. Because right. the eventually it will get there. Life, eventually it life will get finds there. a way. Exactly. <laughs> uh, now, going back to thinking of the college age when, when you started this, I'm thinking of like a party bread and... If, if let's say I wanted to add beer, I, I know that there are beer breads. Mm-hmm. Uh, is would there be a problem if let's say you're, you've been you've had a few, and then you decide to put the beer into the bread, but you, into the dough, mm-hmm. but you've already put yeast into the dough? Is that is there going to be a problem? Is that something you're supposed to do? Uh, I don't think it would be a problem. You can really replace the hydration in almost any recipe with beer. Um, with any sort of liquid really you definitely have to be flexible uh, when doing something like that because you have to be able to watch the dough and you have to really know when it's if it's rising faster than it should be or Mm -hmm. you know you have to be comfortable saying well the recipe said 45 minutes but it's only been half an hour and just being like well time to do it anyway um i think it probably would rise a little faster okay but uh but i it would definitely still work okay i have made beer based sourdoughs in the past successful yes good that's, a, that's good yeah uh now you you said you you sort of got into this because you were tired of common bread sour sourdoughs mm-hmm. uh, what what did you start out cooking for yourself uh the first bread that i ever made i actually uh, remember very specifically it was a braided honey almond loaf Ooh, wow yeah that sounds like quite a challenge for i went uh, i went straight ambitious i um Made a bread that was, it was a little bit sweeter, mm-hmm. and uh, and it had chopped almonds in and around it, mm. and on top of it, uh, with a with a l- little bit of honey brushed on top before baking, which gives it a lovely golden crust. Right, and uh, 
it was, and to this day, I still am bad at braided breads. I will put that out there to the world. They um, make it look easy. They do the make shows, it look easy, but, yeah. but it's not. Um, but yeah, basically, you just you divide it into you divide your dough into three pieces and you braid it, and then you have to like pinch and tuck the ends. And have you thought about maybe like braiding someone's hair that you're close to to like get that? The braiding, practice. the braiding practice down. Hair and bread dough actually have very different consistencies and okay. textures. Yeah, um, I've tried it; just didn't didn't, work. didn't really give me what I was looking for. Unfortunately, do you think mm-hmm. that maybe somebody that you love would like let you put butter in their hair and maybe give it that right consistency? Would that? I don't even know if that would help or not. It's it's worth a try. Yeah, I'm, would you have very soft hair afterwards? Oh, that I mean, would you mind growing kitchen? your hair out a little bit? I think my hair's done growing. It's just um, if you ha- if you had come to me about two years ago, a hundred percent would do that for you. You would. Um, You're a good friend. But yeah, no. At this point, it's it's only facial. Um, I could braid your beard. I'm game for that. Yeah, you could just let that go. I'll let that go. All right. Uh, speaking of letting go, uh, are we about done with the first step of this? Yeah. Now, basically, all we're gonna have to do is just let it proof for and- a good long time. <laughs> All right, so I'll, I'll go put this in the fridge, and then, you know, we'll pull it out in seven hours, is it? Something like that. Yeah. Right. Great. Um, well, I have to say, that took you a lot less time than it took me to put that together, so... Experience helps. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, with with uh, as much experience as you have, do you have, like, a number of uh, in your head? Like, how many loafs would you say you've done? Oh, geez. Uh, honestly, I have no idea. Um I've been baking for six or seven years. Okay. Um, there was a time that I was baking every week pretty consistently, and there have been times that I did only baked, you know, once every couple of months. So I would guess that I've probably made maybe like 50 loaves of bread somewhere in that vicinity. Nice. Okay. Over six years. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Do, does your family loaves. expect a loaf during the holidays, every every family, every holiday, every family event, uh, there is an expectation that I will bring some form of bread. Mm. Generally, I'll I'll do rolls or something uh, smaller and individual. Right, yeah, it's easier to bake a large portion of oh, them. Oh, nice. Yeah, is uh do you do you get a lot of uh, specific requests or are you allowed to kind of decide for yourself what you're going to bring? Most of the time, my family just tells me to bring something. Uh, mm. They don't. They just want bread. They don't care what. It's a very bread family. Nice. Good. It's good support. Uh, now, one thing we haven't talked much about is you're uh, you're not just uh, an amateur baker. You're actually also making bread for other people. That is correct. In exchange, in some cases, for money. Uh, very very small amounts of money, but yes. Uh, yeah. How long has that been going on? Not very long at all. Uh, I think I started in. Early July, late June, but there there is a waiting list. There like, is a waiting is a, list. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so for for many many years, I have been photographing my bread and putting it on Instagram and Facebook. As do you have for, a special account for? That, I or? do not have a special account. I just okay. use my personal account. Um, but again, for the aforementioned uh, approval of others, right? right. Um, and a lot of people kept saying, "Oh, I want some of your bread." Um, and and I realized and you, that you finally put them to the challenge. You said, <laughs> "Do you really want some of my bread?" Well, honestly, it was more along more the fact that I I baked a loaf of bread one week just because I was like, you know what, I'm gonna make some bread this weekend. I got some free time, 
and I made a loaf of bread and I ate a considerable amount of it. And then I still had like half a loaf of bread Mm -hmm. that I was like, what the hell do I do with this Mm -hmm. now? I could eat, I could very much eat this whole thing, but like, I'm trying to lose a little bit of weight. Mm -hmm. So like eating a loaf of bread in a sitting is like not a great idea for that. So it occurred to me that I could bake bread and get the enjoyment of the baking and the approval of others, uh, while also giving that bread to someone else. Mm. And so I, I went on the internet and I set up a website. It's davidbakesyoubread.com, all one word because it's a website. And, uh, and on that website, you can request a loaf of bread from me. And all I ask for is a small donation of $3, and that's a recommended donation. If you're really poor, I'll give you free bread. But uh, the $3 mm. hopefully will cover ingredients. Conversely, if you can pay for bread... I feel yes. like yeah, like, feel free to donate more. If you feel like uh, my bread is worth more, you can certainly donate more. I think the most anybody has given me was, uh, well, they gave me, they asked me to ship the bread to them. Okay. Um, uh, yeah. They live in Tennessee. Wow. So mm. that was about $13 for shipping. So they covered uh, the cost you need it of there shipping. quickly, right? Like, right. You don't want to leave it in, you don't want to like pop it in the mail and have it show up a week and a half later. Just send it first class, yeah. Right. <laughs> Um, so it was about $13 to ship the bread. It, don't, it got there in about two days. She said it was still good. Uh, right, she well, made, there you maybe, go. Maybe two, it was just sparing my feelings. Two uh, days, everybody. That's mm-hmm. the that's the limit for shipping bread. And uh, But she, I believe, gave me $25 or something like that. So she Tw- covered the, you know, the shipping costs and a little extra okay. for ingredients and then a little extra. There you go. Nice. I did have one loaf of bread that uh, it was it was baked for a coworker of mine on the pirate ship, and um, oh right, we should uh, say that this is not what you do full time. No, this is certainly not. Something you started as a hobby. This is simply a, a side side project. Yes. And so, working on a pirate ship is is one of your gigs. Working on pirate working on a pirate ship is my my part time summer gig that I do around my regular nine to five job, which is very boring. Um, <laughs> the pirate ship and the baking. Give you that rush. Give, yeah, right, they yeah, let yeah, me yeah. live my life a little bit. Um, but I made a loaf of bread. It was a very delicious, uh, apparently I like honey, honey in my bread, yeah. I'm realizing <laughs> now. It was a, a honey sunflower bread, ah. and it was one of the best breads I've made. Like I, I, I always make a, a small loaf for myself, aside from the main oh, one nice. that I send to the person, because I can't not eat the bread that right. I bake. Uh, so I made a small piece for myself, and I ate, almost all of that immediately uh, and it was fantastic and I was really proud of it and I took it to work with me one day because I knew he was working the next day so I had a nice little paper bag wrote his name on it put it on the counter in our in our break room and uh, didn't think about it again until like three or four weeks later uh, one of our <laughs> one of our desk people was like cleaning out the break room, and she was like, "I found a rock hard loaf of bread oh, back no. there." <laughs> she apparently he just never picked it up, and uh, and so he just had. So apparently, two days I can ship it to Tennessee, right? right. But uh, if I hand deliver it to you, you might leave it there for three weeks, and then it turns into a. That's he knew really, it was there. He right? knew it was okay. there. Yeah, no, okay. I texted him. Because at that point, yeah. it's sort of like. Like that's not on me, right? He still gave me money. That's that's, (laughs) you made the bread. Yeah. Uh, Well, we're running a bit short on time here, uh, which I think brings us to all of our listeners' favorite game: Will it bake? Beep beep beep. It's done. So uh, we've been asking all of you to post your recipes, your your favorite recipes, with a little bit of a twist. 
And uh, occasionally we ask people to try and stump us. And uh, so you've sent us your suggestions, uh, both on Twitter at We Have to Ask and on Facebook. Also, We Have to Ask. And uh, you've taken these look like classical recipes, but there's there's a few differences in here. <clears throat> Excuse me. There are a few differences in here that make us wonder, will will this bake? Will this be an acceptable food item uh, when it comes out? And uh, Jonathan, do you have the first one there? Yeah, I do. Uh, so... Uh, what what I did was I shortened it up, like expecting that that all of these recipes would have uh, flour in them in some way. Right, right. Um, so I, I picked four ingredients from here: uh, sea salt, fresh rosemary, vegan buttermilk, mm. and avocado. Hmm. All right. I you know I can see it working. Uh, you would definitely have to. I don't know how vegan butter would work. I think I, the, and the vegan buttermilk, like buttermilk, or is buttermilk, a very sorry, specific yes. kind of uh, like not just where it comes from, all those proteins, but mm-hmm. the, the process and the consistency with how it cooks, I think, would be very hard to replicate. I would say that. Uh, I mean, I have zero experience with like gluten-free baking or mm. or vegan baking. I definitely have never tried them. I certainly would if someone requested it, but. Um, that being said, assuming that the the vegan buttermilk wouldn't get in the way of any of the chemical processes, I think that would work. I think it would probably be pretty good. Uh, yeah, it it does seem like it works. Uh, this is a rosemary avocado quick bread. Hmm. Uh, is the final result a uh, green? Yes. Nice. Uh, that's at least what the picture looks like. It, it has a tinge of green. Right, tonight. right. Um, but vegan buttermilk is a mix of one tablespoon of lemon juice or apple cider vinegar right. mixed with a cup of almond milk. Interesting. See, I knew you could make buttermilk by mixing apple cider vinegar or lemon juice with regular milk. To partially curdle to it. To partially curdle it. Hmm. I did not know that it would work with... Another type almond of milk, yeah, because almond milk is, I think, just like crushed I up almonds in water. Curdle. Yeah, yeah, I didn't think they, they, they could curdle, but I uh, mean, I guess it gives the same gets the job done. Sh- yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah, it doesn't seem like it's a, a, a big thing, but you also need to add a vegan egg replacer mm-hmm. like chia seeds or flax milk seed. is actually kind of uncommon in bread, actually. Mm. Um, so generally, when you when you add milk or, or buttermilk mm. into a recipe, it tends to be more cakey in texture a lot right. like like most biscuits for example mm, yeah uh, require buttermilk right keep those layers flat exactly uh i've got one here it looks like a pretty standard recipe for pretzels mm-hmm. but it's a, a chocolate cherry pretzel uh deep fried uh i don't know uh, I've never tried to mix anything into pretzel dough before. I mean, I've made pretzels quite a few times, mm. um, but I've never tried to try, try to like mix anything in there. I feel like pretzel dough is a little temperamental. Yeah, um, I'm, I've got the photo right here. So, uh... <laughs> I mean, I guess if you were to just top a regular pretzel with chocolate and cherry, and then chocolate and cherries, and then deep fry it, it would it would work for sure. In terms of like mixing those things in, I, I don't think that it would. All right, I'm just I'm just gonna show you what what they added to their post here, and you can see. Oh, yep. That did not. That did not work. It did not go so well. Yeah. Uh, from from what uh, I can tell here, it looks like they put the cherries directly in the the dough, and the water in the cherries uh, kind of exploded during the frying process. I bet this was an exciting fry. <laughs> to I be mean. Honest. 
part of baking is the the thrill of experimenting and seeing what happens when you just wing it. Yeah, when mm-hmm. you bring that hot oil into the equation, n- now you're at risk of life and limb. Right, That's true. Yeah. Uh, I have one more. Uh, olive oil, four eggs, salt, grated Swiss cheese, onion, bacon, ham already cooked, black olives, green olives, chopped parsley, and white wine. Wow. Uh, <laughs> I can certainly say that if it does work, it's probably not very good. Mm. I mean, it certainly doesn't sound like a bread. Right. Um, this is. Uh, this sounds like a pie, and it seems like it would be okay as a pie. I think it would. I think it would work, but it would be very, probably be very dense. There's a lot of mix-ins there. Mm-hmm. And I bet a lot of that's going to sink how much you do a lot of careful mixing. How much flour? Uh, two and a half cups. And how much water? There is no water. Okay. I guess the, the how much wine? Wine is five fluid ounces. Is there any other? I think it's the olive four oil. Eggs and how much olive oil? Three and a third fluid ounces. And four eggs? Four that's eggs. That's a really low hydration level. That's going to be a really dry dense bread you know so you yeah go ahead yeah no i i I just wanted to show you the picture Mm because it looks like the the dough like you have a good crust but the dough inside the dough inside looks looks, like it's still dough right like it didn't look like it cooked because of all of the the nonsense when with inside of it loaf shaped and that has a nice brown color on the outside that's true and supposedly they baked it for an hour that's not uncommon okay um yeah i I don't think I would eat that. Yeah. No, I mean it they they do say to to avoid a soggy dough to make sure you drain the mixture. Um at no point in my baking process have I been like, "Hang on, let me drain my dough." Right. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that's a that's a red flag right there. Yeah, if it's uh, overflowing. Mm-hmm. Uh well, uh thank you so much for playing. Uh folks, that's been Will It Bake. Um David, thank you for being on today. Thank you for having uh, me. Yeah, no, it's been great. We're gonna text you up uh in some somewhere around seven hours uh to, <laughs> to get the next steps uh of these. Uh but we don't want to keep you here for too long. Before you go, mm-hmm. uh I would like to ask what is what is one essential baking tool that you, you like to use or have for your bread that people might not expect? Well the nice thing about baking is that in terms of uh, like entry cost, it's almost nothing. Mm, okay. You know, as long as you have a kitchen, you have and two hands and a, and a counter space, you have everything you need, um, other than ingredients. Uh, there aren't really any tools that are like essential. You know, there's no mm. expensive equipment mm-hmm. that you need other than an oven. Um, that being said, the one thing that I have that is kind of a lifesaver is what's called a, a flour duster. Oh yeah, it's uh, it's basically like two springs that are sort of cone shaped okay. and um, or it's actually one spring, I guess, but it's, it's shaped like two cones okay. put wide ends together. Mm. And um, when you squeeze the, the, the handle part of it, it separates the spring. And uh, what you can do is you can jam that into a container of flour and open it up oh. and close it. And it like fills up the intern that the inside of the spring. Okay. And then the spring closes and it holds all that flour in and then you can just sort of shake it over your mm-hmm. workspace and it gives you a nice, even, gentle coating of flour. Because, 
getting a nice coating of flour on the workspace for like kneading purposes can be surprisingly difficult. Yeah, because yeah. you end up with like a clump here. And not oh, Hollywood here. makes it look really easy. Yeah, it does. It's all in the wrist action. That yeah, I mean, if you're a professional, I'm sure you like whatever. Yeah, yeah. But for for those of us who only bake, no, it's yeah, once it's a week or so, it saves some yes. time. And uh, last one I have is, uh, do you have any uh, essential shopping tips for folks that are looking to make kind of interesting or unique breads? Texture helps. Um, mm. Look for look for bread where you can add things like nuts or seeds uh, mm. to just give that a little bit, or ham and bacon and yeah, whatever onion that was. <laughs> and whatever that was. Um, things that can mix up texture really can make a uh, a mediocre bread seem much better. Nice. Uh, what's your no-no? My no-no. My no-no is under baking bread. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and as a side no-no to that is slicing the bread too early. They, oh. they kind of go hand in hand. Uh, when you pull a loaf of bread out of the oven, it actually will continue to bake itself right. for right. a short time afterwards. Uh, so if you pull a loaf of bread directly out of the oven and immediately slice it, you're going to have a really gooey, mm-hmm. not gooey, but it's going to sort of compress the dough and it's not going to be good. If you let it sit five, ten minutes at least uh, before slicing it, it's going to be much better. Um, and and if you bake it, if you underbake it, that's going to be more pronounced. Okay. Yeah. I've always baked my bread to a nice dark brown. Nice. Excellent. Uh, well, and if you would like David to bake you some bread... Just go to davidbakesyoubread.com. That's correct. And uh, go ahead and get on the list. Yeah. I know, I know Jonathan's on there. On there. Waiting in the Nine list. weeks. Yeah. Might so, be eight now. It, yeah. It's probably nine. I've been slacking. Okay. Nine weeks. <laughs> yeah. So nine weeks as of uh, record date. And so who knows when this goes out. Uh, well, I think that's going to do it. David, thank you so much for being on the show. Thanks for having me. Yeah. All right. We'll be right back. Hi, my name is David. Do you like bread? Me too. Unfortunately, I can't eat all the bread that I make because it would make me very fat. That's where you come in. If you want me to bake bread for you, any kind of bread, just go to www.davidbakesyoubread.com and request some bread today. It's almost free. Okay, folks, we are back. Uh, Unfortunately, a little more than seven hours later... Uh, so it, it, it's what happens when you get a, sh- a switch and then everybody yeah. wants to play Zelda. I have to say, we are making excellent Zelda progress. Yes, we are. Uh, but it is the next day. Yep. Uh, so when uh, we noticed that we had been missing David's very polite text messages asking us about the bread, uh, well... It was nice of him to check in. Yeah. I mean, maybe we should just describe what we're looking at. If you want, if you picture like cream of celery soup, mm-hmm. but somehow like solid, like you know, it it's very frozen. Very thick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you froze it, if you froze a can of cream of celery soup, that's kind of what we're looking at. Yeah. So yeah, everything, uh, all the all the air has gone out. Um, this is you know, I'm just gonna take this. I'm gonna go over here and open up and. There trash we go, it. in yep. the trash. Uh, so I guess we will try again. I'm going to say we put a pin in bread. Yeah. For like the foreseeable I would future. like I would like a win, you know, just just a yeah. quick something. So um, I do have a can of cream of celery soup that yeah. we could just cook up. You're ready to eat that after looking at what we just saw? I mean, it's kind of on my mind now. Okay. Yeah. 
Tell you what, why don't you do that, and I'll get the uh, quesadilla makings right, going. Let's do that. Okay. Uh, folks, thanks so much for listening. That's going to do it for us this week. Uh, we would not do this show without you. So please hit us up online and tell us what you're cooking. You can find our website at wehavetoask.com. And you can find us on Twitter and Facebook where we have to ask in both of those places. We want to know what are you cooking? What are your tips? What's working? What's not? Uh, and, and just Or just what's cooking? Like, did you make something and you ate it? Yeah. That's fine. You know, Instagram doesn't have a, a lock on pictures of people's food that they Yeah, eat. what's the next cream of anything soup you're about to open up? Yeah. Yeah. Let us know. And uh, also let us know, what, what do you think about the show? Uh, we're on Apple Podcasts, and we would love to get some extra reviews. So just go on there, click five stars, and uh, leave a review. Tell us what you think. Yeah. Uh, you know, did you cook something and it worked out great? Uh, did you cook something and it uh, totally, totally failed? Yeah. Maybe we led you astray. Please give us five stars anyway. Yep. Uh, but uh, we would love to read your review on the air. Yeah, and drop a comment, you know, on Facebook. Let us know what kind of soup soup you want us to eat and take a picture of. We'll do that for you. Sure, why not? You know, if you've got a food request, just slip it in there. Yeah. It's fine. Uh, thank you again for listening. We will see you all next time. This has been an episode of What's Cooking. I'm Marty. And I'm Jonathan. As always, hey, good looking. What you got cooking? See y'all next time. This episode of What's Cooking brought to you by David Bakes You Bread. We'd like to thank our producers Amy and Herbie Lobsters. And thanks to Skies and Chaos for the use of our theme song, New Day. Check them out on iTunes, and while you're there, check us out as well. If you're already a subscriber, give us a rating and a review. It really helps. Join the discussion online at wehavetoask.com or on Facebook or Twitter at We Have to Ask. And don't forget to check out the other podcasts on the Peaksoft Network at peaksoft.com. Hey, this is Chris. And this is Joe from the Curioso Podcast. You are currently listening to We Have to Ask. We Have to Ask? I gotta be honest with you, I'm not sure what the hell is going on. So we have to ask. I, I, I've tried to ask. You did? And I, I haven't gotten any answers. How many times has this happened to you? I just want to listen to a podcast. I can't choose from all these complicated structures and setups. You want to listen, not think. That's why there's Hobo Radio. You'll feel like the smartest guy in the room in a room by yourself. This doesn't take any intellectual thinking at all. Thanks, Hobo Radio. Hobo Radio. A weekly podcast on the Peak Sloth Podcast Network.